This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. If you're thinking... I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency designed Future Formula, a personalized anti-aging formula prescribed by a dermatology provider to treat fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, and more. Agency has clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than over-the-counter retinol. Future Formula by Agency. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello and welcome to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast on cooking delicious meals from homegrown harvests with me, Adam Frost. I don't think there is anything better that I do in the garden than grow my own food. Whether that's sowing seeds, popping potatoes in trenches and then caring for it to a point of harvest and then cooking something and delivering that for my family. It's probably the moment when as a dad I feel the most proudest. But The growing bit, I'm fine with. The cooking bit, it can be a bit of a mixed bag. So, I found myself a new best friend, and what this lady does not know about cooking is not worth knowing. I'm going to let her introduce herself. (laughs) What an introduction. I'm Cassie Best from Good Food. You are the best. That's what I've decided. You are the best. I've got it all. You've probably heard all that one before. (laughs) All that one before. (laughs) But what are we talking about today? So we're talking about spinach, chard, and we might throw some other leaves in there, maybe? Wonderful. Right, Cassie. Spinach, chard, and let's open it up. Other leaves. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> spinach for me, straight away. Cartoon. Popeye's in trouble. The big fella's got hold <laughs> yeah. of him. The can comes out, he pops it. It goes up in the air, it drops in, 
and then he takes on the world. Yep. <laughs> Are you old enough to that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. That was my childhood. So that my first experience of, of spinach. Yeah, spinach in a can and, and spinach that was going to make you strong enough to take on the world. Yeah. And then I tasted it. <laughs> As a kid, and went, no, this is not really for it me. It went downhill from yeah, there. It did go downhill <laughs> from there. But all joking aside, that as an image, you know, spinach chard is incredibly good for us, isn't it? It is, yeah. We all think of spinach as iron dense, don't we? It's packed with nutrients and phytochemicals. It can help to dampen inflammation and alleviate muscle soreness. It's just really good for you, isn't it? And we're all told that we should eat more greens and there's a good reason for it. It's it's really, really full of the good stuff. Yeah, and, and actually, interestingly... When I first started veg gardening, even chard, you know, there was a little bit of chard kicking around, but not anything like there is mm. now. And I suppose even in in the cooking world, it was spinach, wasn't it? Not so much chard, yeah. you know. But growing wise, you do really well to fail with perpetual spinach or chard. <laughs> um, you know, no, don't shoot me down, anybody. If you know you've tried, it's not worked. But containers, it's really happy mm-hmm. in a container. Some of the leaves look stunning. Especially if you could get a mix of like the rainbow chards. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, and out of one pot, you can have these sort of dark, rich reds and then right through to sort of glowing golden yellow. Yeah. And these stems are absolutely incredible. And, and And spinach, again, perpetual spinach cuts, comes again. Mm-hmm. So after pots, borders, put it in yeah. the borders. Put it in the borders. Mm-hmm. You know, I am expecting at some point to rock up around your house for the dinner party that I know <laughs> you're going to invite me to and see you having an ornamental kitchen garden. It's going to happen. I think, I think a lot of what we've talked about is, you know, growing it. Let's not just think about growing it in a veg garden. And I, I think that's sort of interplanting. But, yeah, it's it's easy to grow, and I'll talk in a minute as to, you know, how you go about it. But but what about you? What about sort of first visions of, of spinach and... Yeah, I think the same as you, Popeye, would relate it to yeah. Popeye and just think, you know, that's going to make me strong, that'll... Mm. And I even say it to my kids now, like, oh, eat your spinach, that'll make you strong, <laughs> because it's so ingrained in me. But I can't say I ate a lot of it growing up. I remember my mum making a spinach souffle once, which I think was a disaster, actually. wasn't a great first memory of it, but I love it now. It's, you know, something that's pretty much always in my kitchen and I cook with it throughout the years. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think it's it's another one of those veggies, even if you don't grow it, you know, when we were talking about peas, frozen peas, I think mm. another frozen veg to keep around is frozen spinach which I don't think we do enough of I couldn't agree more there's always a bag of frozen spinach in my freezer and as long as you cook it in a sympathetic way to it being frozen you know I even chuck it in smoothies my kids love a green smoothie maybe some spinach and banana in a curry a sagaloo it it actually benefits from being frozen because you want it to be broken down like that so there's loads of great ways you can use frozen spinach as well yeah and exactly because I mean sometimes as well if you go and buy spinach you Mm. think that you're buying a lot of spinach (laughs) and you get home and you realize that you know you actually haven't bought that much spinach (laughs) it's sort of you know it sort of steams down Mm, really quite quickly yeah but it is a plant it is something that i use a lot and every single member of the family will get stuck into Mm. to spinach so as i say as far as growing it i suppose again it's another plant 
not unlike you know some of the sort of greens and whatever that it'll it will take a certain amount of shade you know semi shady conditions and also always make sure you know if I'm planting in the ground it goes into a well composted good soil quite free draining that said I never really want my sort of large leaves to run out of water if that makes mm-hmm. sense so I'll always keep an eye on the water as the season but it's a plant that I definitely do from seed and I sow straight into the ground so mm-hmm. it's one of those you know you, you create your little drill probably really spring I mean I, I sow it right through the season mm. realistically it cuts it comes again but then I freshen it up every now and then and start a new one and and sometimes I have it over winter if we have a my winter it'll overwinter and I let it come again the next spring. So yeah. sometimes you can get more than one season mm. out of the plants and eventually they get a bit woody. But no, but you do, you create your little drill, probably, a, you know, two, two and a half centimetres deep. Mm-hmm. Water the bottom of that drill with your watering can. Yeah. And then you sow the seeds. And I don't know if you've ever seen it go to seed, but they're quite big seeds and, mm-hmm. and they're like little knobbly little things. Yeah. Uh, so you can see exactly where you're going. It will tell you on the packets to sow thinly and... But you just chuck it in, right? This is what yeah, I want to you got it, girl. you got it. <laughs> got it. It goes back to the same thing. Is, you know, it tells you to do this. That is only ever a guide. It's yeah. another one of those things. I have seen it grown in window boxes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that the rules are like, we're not calling them rules, you know. I think it's a bit like, you know, they're guidance. It's like cooking, isn't it? It's yeah. like following a recipe yeah. and, you know, you can follow it as a guidance, like you say, but yeah. it's okay to break the rules sometimes, I yeah. think. This is what I'm learning from you. Yeah. It's really <laughs> encouraging so- me to give things a go because I feel like you're allowing me <laughs> to just chuck a few seeds down and, and see what happens. But that's exactly what it is. And in this excitement, I, I sort of, I used it in my sort of images sometimes. I mean, I, I love going to places like Italy and I always feel like rules and regulations in Italy are only just purely a suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> they're not actually, actually, you know, they're sort of... And I use that same thing. You know, I pick a packet up, it tells me to do X. I read the season. I think, yeah, there's some warmth in the soil. No, the soil's a bit cold. If I want to start early with my spinach, I might start it in a container. If not, it's going straight in. Once it goes in, you know, I cover it back over. Germination, once the weather starts to pick up, I mean, we're talking a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, and what you can do, if you want, you can let it come. You could then thin it properly. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is start to space out the plants, you know, probably, I don't know, whatever, anything from sort of 40, 50 centimetres to 100 centimetres, depending on how much. But all those thinnings could be used as baby spinach, you know, so you could use all those and then start to let it mature. And I literally, with the spinach, I work my way across the across the row. So I I sort of cut the whole lot, you know, and working my way across it. And then by the time I get to the end, this lot's coming up again. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't necessarily go in and do again what they mm. tell you to do of pulling <laughs> the bigger leaves off. I do a whole thing. And then for me, I get a nice mix of the slightly older leaves and I get a mix of the baby leaves, yeah. you know, the baby leaves don't even need the scent that's taken out of them. Whereas, you know, your older leaves, you might just have to strip them back. Mm-hmm. But it's another one of those nice jobs, just 
pulling them off. Yeah, you know? that's the beauty again of growing your own is that you get variety, don't you? Yeah, Not yeah. everything's the same shape and the same colour. You get a bit of different texture going on. Yeah, you do, which is lovely. So, so spinach, it was an easy, an easy win with spinach. Because, I mean, again, it's, it's quick enough to do quick mm-hmm. you know it's reliable midweek dish yeah yeah i think it's the kind of thing people chuck a handful of spinach into lots of different things don't they you might chuck a handful into a curry or a pasta dish because it's so good for you and i think we're all very keen to get more greens into our diet we know that it's super healthy so there's loads of different ways you can use it I mentioned sagaloo uh, yeah, 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 which yeah, is yeah, one of yeah. my favourite oh, ways to eat spinach because it's really it makes the most of yeah, spinach, it's doesn't good. it? It's yeah, lovely it's, it's and good. rich and green. Yeah. Um, so I love yeah making a, a spinach curry out of it. What I also love to do with spinach is something we talked about with Cavolo Nero, yeah. where you make a puree and then you can use it in lots of different ways. So I now make spinach pancakes for the kids, green pancakes, and they think it's really fun and they don't realise they're getting loads of nutrients in their pancakes. Yeah, I call wow. them little monster pancakes. Yeah, make I them like bright that. green, just yeah, mix it into the yeah, pancake yeah. batter. So your modern Popeye. Yeah, it's not that's tins it. anymore, mate. Not it's knocking tins. up a couple of pancakes. Yeah, and if, you, yeah and if you make a puree, it freezes really well. Yeah. You know, we talked about having frozen spinach in the freezer, but if, you, if you're if you growing your own and you want to freeze it, a puree is a really good way to go. And then you can use it in loads of different ways. Stir that through a risotto at the end, yeah. and the colour would just be amazing. That vibrant green, gorgeous. Yeah, because I, I I use it, I suppose a lot I do use it with, with pasta dishes in, in the week if I'm knocking up something really mm. quick. They're always an instant fix I also find sometimes actually um, just a really simple when we said about pairing things up I don't know if it sounds odd but it seems to work sometimes if I do a a, some spinach I might just do it with a few shallots or whatever Mm. I'll finish it off with nutmeg yeah oh yeah that's a classic spinach and nutmeg is a match made in heaven and it really it's amazing it really does work yeah Yeah, and and again it's just taking that dish and just putting a Mm. a twist on it and it, do you know what else works really well yeah. a simple spinach dish is if you fry off a little bit of garlic and olive yeah. oil add your spinach let it wilt down and then you add some raisins and some toasted pine nuts and a splash of sherry vinegar oh. and it sounds like a bit of a strange combination it does but right. the sweet and the sour and the irony spinach it's delicious yeah. It's really, really good. Where would that originate from? Something like that, that sort of dish. Probably southern Italy, maybe yeah. you know the the islands around Italy, maybe that kind of that kind of feel to it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then if we move from sort of spinach, we move on to, you know, something like chard, mm. you know, and, and I suppose as far as growing it, I, I don't really 
do any different. You know, I suppose the one thing that I might do if I think about the different places I grow, because I do grow quite a lot of it, because, again, for me, it's something that really doesn't, in my garden, I don't have to worry about pests, Mm. bits and pieces. It gets pretty left alone. So I'll start somehow in the raised bed and then, you know, because that gets a little bit warmer quicker and I might fleece that over and then I'll go into the main sort of veg garden. But but chard... I normally start just after the spinach. I don't know why, but mm. it's maybe just something that I've, you know, <laughs> yes. sort of taken myself in that road. But but what I love about chard is the mix of stuff. And I think that the bit that always I'm never 100% sure of, because, again, the, a lot of the taste in that chard is in that rib. In the stalk. In the yeah. stalk. But, but I'm never 100% sure what to do with the stalk. Yeah. So don't chuck the stalk away. No, I don't. Like you said, there's so much flavour in it. Yeah. And even earlier, you said about stripping the, the spinach leaves yeah. and getting rid of the stalk. But I would never get rid no. of the stalk. I think there's, there are tougher parts of the veg. And as long as they're not spoiled, there's ways to cook them, which are which will enhance them. So think about it like meat. You know, you get tough cuts of yeah. meat and then tender cuts of meat and you cook them in different ways. And will, it's the same with veg. I will say my spinach bits don't go to waste. Cause, oh, good. Because my, my, my two girls, they ride horses, don't they? So oh, they give, you anything like that, mate. Any peelings off carrots, anything yes. like that, it goes in like, it, it goes in a go bucket and then they take them down the horses. Okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So this, obviously, the, you know, horses are having a great time. Yeah, they're having a Bless lovely them. lunch. Yeah. What I would do with the stalks is just chop them up finely yep. and fry them off. Same with the chard. You just want to treat them in a slightly different way. Obviously, the leaves cook, you know, within seconds. Yeah. They wilt down really quickly. You don't want to overcook them. But the stalks just take a little bit longer. Yeah. So, you know, just if you're having a simple kind of fried spinach, chard, dish. I'll just cook those first and then add the leaves in at the last minute. We've got a couple of gorgeous gratins actually on the Good Food website. And I remember when I first started working here, I don't think I'd eaten much chard. And Barney, who I work with, bought out this this charred gratin with cream and nutmeg and gruyere and breadcrumbs on top. And honestly, it was like one of the best things I'd ever eaten. It blew my mind. Yeah, I still think it? about it like yeah, over yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> it's like, do you think the two taste different? I don't think there's a lot in, a it, lot in it, really. No. no, I think maybe spinach, I would eat more raw, whereas yeah. chard has a bit more bitterness in yeah, the leaf it does, if you yeah. eat it raw. And it, you get the sense that, I don't know, again, it might be a psychological thing, but the, the chard leaf... Not tougher, that's the wrong word, but it does seem there's more body bit to more it. more robust, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. You know, there's a, there's a sort of a, it's, it feels slightly thicker. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But you can, I mean, it is interchangeable in lots of dishes, isn't it? You can yeah, use yeah, it both. Yeah. But chard is, I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing. The rainbow chard, especially. Oh, yeah. It's so beautiful, isn't it? And that, like, braised off with some lentils or something if you you know really make the the stalks the hero of the yeah, dish yeah. it just looks so lovely yeah and i think again what you're saying you know it's it is definitely another one of those those plants that doesn't have to be in a veg garden yeah you know that this definitely got in your ornamental kitchen garden Do you know i've always had this like vision that one day i would be that person who had a veg garden outside and i would cook all my meals from my veg garden and I think you're helping me to slowly become that person. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> I'm going to mix it all in yeah. with my, you know, my flower beds, yeah, like you I, said. And I'd, I'd sort of encourage people to do that. So I mean, they're, they're both good, hardworking plants, really easy to grow. Mm. You know, if I was going to do it in a container, and I suppose this is a lot when we talk about container veggies, 
what you might find is I might make a, a bit of a, a mix up. So I wouldn't just necessarily just use peat free compost. Mm. I might put a little bit of topsoil in mm-hmm. or it depends if it's really free draining. I might add a little bit of gravel just to help free drain it a little bit you know or if I know it needs to hold moisture I might put composted bark in so when I'm sort of container gardening I don't just use just straight compost a lot of the time I Mm -hmm. think what does a plant want where would it be happy in Mm. its natural environment and then I have like I have like a baking cupboard type scenario with with compost so I'll have peat free compost (laughs) I'll normally have some topsoil kicking around Mm -hmm. I'll have some composted bark probably some grit a little bit of horticultural sand, which is sort of lime-free sand, mm-hmm. um, and then something called perlite and vermiculite. You've heard me talk about vermiculite for mm. covering up seeds. Well, that's just like a clay particle, and that keeps the moisture in when you're okay. sowing seeds in in trays and things. And perlite is this sort of volcanic thing that holds compost apart. It's like tiny little sort of rocky type, but mm-hmm. really quite light, you know. So I that's my ingredients cupboard. Yeah. You know, so I make these mixes, and I just make sure that they suit the particular plant that I'm trying to grow mm. in a pot. Yeah. You know? you know, so I think in a way that sort of charred greens, if we open it up to other leaves, a plant that I really, really love, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, is rocket. Mm, yeah. I think rocket is an undervalued plant. And a lot of the rocket that I grow is is more wild rocket. But it's an interesting plant because when it comes to growing it, it's easy to grow, but it does like slightly cooler conditions. So it's one of the plants that you can you can start off quite early in the season, mm. probably in a, in a near shady spot in the in the garden. Um, you know, not over shade, but good semi shade. But also, it's a really good one to do at the back end of the season. Okay. So I what I tend to do is I tend to do a really early splash on things like rocket. And then as the season gets really, really hot, you'll find that your rocket starts to bolt mm. and, you know, goes to flower. Yeah. So I might back off it then. Then I'll sort of introduce a lot of the other salad leaves to mm-hmm. get me through the rest of the season. But come the back end of the year, you know, I'm then, boom, rocket, sort of September time. And I can still be cutting that, well, going into November yeah. even. And, and as far as rocket as an ingredient... That that's got a lot of well, it's got a lot going for it. Yeah, it it has actually. It's got a lot more flavour than some of the other leaves, hasn't it? It's really punchy and peppery, and it can just add a really different kind of complex flavour to a dish. So I'm I love rocket as well. I'm the same as you, and I think we should use it a bit more because I think you know we use a lot of watercress in this country, don't we? In different ways, watercress soup and all sorts of different things. But with rocket, I think it kind of tends to be a bit of a sandwich stuffer yeah, or you, yeah. you put you put a little sprinkle of it on top yeah. of a risotto or something but we don't often make it the star of the show no. so what I like to do with rocket if I've got a lot of rocket is make a pesto yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talking your language yeah oh, you are and um, that I mean it's just packed with flavour so much more flavour yeah. than a pesto you would buy in yeah. a jar it's just bursting with that lovely peppery flavour and you can keep it in the fridge if you you know make a fresh pesto it doesn't last as long as maybe one that you'd buy in a jar but you keep it in the fridge for a week or so covered with a layer of oil whiz it up with some nuts and you can be quite flexible in what you use you know you can use pine nuts or almonds or some cashews whatever you've got knocking around really bit of garlic bit of cheese absolutely delicious my oldest loves making 
making that. She's um, yeah. absolutely the, the oldest one. She's definitely, I mean, they all love cooking, to be fair. They've all, you know, they won't all, well, the little one, probably not, you know, not so much. But it's interesting, isn't it, with cooking? I sort of, so my, my first, the three of them would cook an awful lot, you know. Mm. Um, my youngest one, not so much. But my my number two, some, the, the oldest boy, um, he really got in to cooking when I told him that actually it was the easiest way to get a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, if you can learn to cook a few dishes, mate, and you can invite a girl around and you can cook something, you know, not just bolognese and, you know, and chili. I'll try that on my son yeah, then when he gets you, to the age. got a good chance, you know, and he was away then. He, yeah. was, he was well in. But, yeah, she, so Abs likes doing – and they've all got their speciality little mm. dishes, actually. That's uh, really and, nice. And she's probably the one that will go, Dad, have you got anything, you know, in the garden. Yeah. Or, or actually the boy will go, if he's going somewhere, you know, he's going somewhere for a weekend, you got any veg that I can take? And yeah, nice. Which it is nice. That's really you know, nice. You know, you, you feel like you're, you're playing their part, as to say. Yeah, but, there's that nice element of sharing when you grow things because, yeah. you know, you're inevitably going to end up with a glut of something and being yeah. able to, even like I've put a bucket of apples on the doorstep before and, you know, just let the, oh, the yeah. let the neighbours help themselves. Yeah. And it's just so nice, isn't it? It yeah, kind of can it's... create a bit of a community. Yeah, Definitely. And I love that. Yeah, and I think it's when we talk about rocket again. It's another one of those plants. Doesn't have to be in a in you know. It can go in a pot. It yeah. can go at the front of a border. Mm. You know, it can go in a window box. It's yeah. and I think a lot of this stuff. You know, it's easy. It doesn't take a lot of care. You know, and things like that. And if you look at other leaves, I suppose that we've started to evolve. I suppose even as gardeners, if I look at you know micro leaves, are yeah. you into those or not? Or is that a, is that a little bit chefy? It's quite chefy, a bit yeah, chefy for it's me. A bit I Michelin. Mean, yeah, I, I'm all for making dishes look appetising and appealing. I, I had but... a really famous cook say something about Michelin star stuff the other day that really made me giggle. Oh, go on. It's, it's if you like this, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Too much foam and skid marks <laughs> on the plate. <laughs> That's what she I said. I would agree. <laughs> it's like, and I was, I was, I was lucky enough to be having dinner with her and a wonderful Irish lady, but a real amazing, well-known cook. Mm. And um, it just made me, it made me giggle. Sorry, mate, I interrupted you then, and it was just to share that. So, microgreens, like that. a little bit, a little bit chefy. I mean, I would rather just let them grow on a bit further yeah. and get more out of them. Personally, they can look really pretty on the plate, can't they? But I just like nice, honest food that tastes good, yeah. and I think. When you get the leaves a bit bigger, then you can do yeah, more with them. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're. If you're really into growing your veggies and you've got either a little bit of warmth in your greenhouse, you've got a bit of spare room, or you know, there's there's room in the conservatory. They're, they're quite a a fun thing to do because you can do them, at, you know, different parts of the season. So yeah, you know, you can produce things. Mm. And I suppose that's the point as well with a lot of you know what we're talking about. You know, if you have got, you know, a greenhouse or some people, you know, have even got little polytunnels kicking around mm. or whatever, a lot of this stuff, the leaves, you know, will keep plodding along yeah. through the winter months, you know, mm. because they're not so strong on light. You know, if, it, if it gets really, really cold, but actually if there's a little bit of warmth there, they'll just start ticking over, you know. So I have got friends that all the greenhouse are not all paved out or all graveled out, mm. you know, they've got a soil bed still, which is the old fashioned way in the greenhouses. Yeah. And they'll they'll you know, they'll plant something from a pot straight in there and, mm. and keep themselves going. You know, and I think we even look at some of the salads now. There's a lot more they've developed a lot more salad leaves that give us 
winter salads. Yeah. So we always think again as those leaves, and and I feel that if you're growing, you know, winter salad, which is so easy to grow, mm. you know, cut and come again salads, and like you say, even if you're doing them in a greenhouse as well, um, the leaves feel they taste stronger, mm. and whether that's the weather conditions, yeah. whether they're a little bit tougher so that yeah, they hardier, hardier mm. and you know whether they they but they taste stronger it does mean that I tend to slice them a little bit more so I, I don't yeah. use big leaves and things like that mm. but but again you know what about how we've moved with with salad leaves I mean what's your mm. sort of approach with with salad leaves because I, I, I for me they're one they're one thing that says this is what you buy from a supermarket yeah right and this is what you have in a garden. Yeah. They are not the same thing. Yeah, and it's sad, isn't it, that we buy a lot of these, you know, bags of salad, prepared salad these days, and it goes off so quickly. And yeah. I think it's one of the most wasted products, actually, yeah. in the UK. We waste a lot of food, way too much food. And salad has a big part to play in yeah. that. And I think growing your own you know, you can prolong the life of it, can't you? Because yeah. you just cut what you need yeah. and use it on the day and then the rest of it keeps going and going, yeah. like you say. So for that reason, it is something we should all be growing, I think. And yeah. like you've told us, you know, you can grow it on a windowsill, you can grow it anywhere. Why would you not grow your own instead of buying those those bags of salad, which are yeah. just causing such waste? And they're not very nice. A lot of the time you buy them and they go slimy within a day, don't no, they? No, and, and the problem is, is I, I know how they're grown and a lot yeah. of them are hydroponically grown. Yeah. So, you know, and the speed that they're grown, mm. um, you don't end up with a depth of flavour. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when you start as sad as I am getting into the, you know, the technicalities of, of what it's like to grow your own veg so much flavor comes out of the soil yeah so much flavor mm. you know so caring for that soil well if you're just going to pump a load of chemicals into something mm. you know reality is that's really what you're eating yeah. all right it's not going to poison you anything like that but you're never going to get that depth of that pure oh, product just that yeah. flavor um which is you know which is i suppose the reason why i and so many people grow their own yeah and I think taking it back to kids as well and you know introducing them to vegetables and growing and the whole story of their food from the very beginning salad leaves is such a great way to start isn't it because I just you know buy a packet of mixed salad leaves let the kids chuck them down into a pot and they love picking it they love eating it they love salad I mean Not many kids love salad, but no. they no. they love it because they know what it is and where it's come from. But I think it's that I think it's that that connection. It's mm. that yeah, I've grown this. Yeah. Wow, what? So that was all a little handful of seeds, yeah. and now I'm, I've grown it away. And and again, you can use mixed salads. Yeah. You know, so it's so easy to grow. So little drill, water the drill, sow the seeds, mm-hmm. thin it out, or just cut and come again. Yeah. Baby leaves, and I suppose that's the other thing we're doing a lot more now. Is you know we're we're using our veggies, you know things like beetroot, prime example. Yeah. You know you see you go and buy 
beetroot leaves, don't yeah. you? You know, you see that now, and and so you can do that growing mm. your own beetroot. You know, you can use the leaves and, and pick your way through. And there's so yeah. much more stuff we can do. Mm. We've like talked that before, haven't well. we, about having these kind of extra parts of the plant, yeah. like with the courgettes, and you get the beautiful yeah. courgette flowers. And what an amazing benefit to grow your own, and then you get these extra bits. You get the yeah, pea yeah, shoots, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know all the, all the lovely extras, which yeah. just elevate your cooking as well. Yeah, and talking about lovely, lovely things. <laughs> <laughs> I have brought something oh, I know. to eat, as always. I've been trying to avoid even yeah. looking at it. It looks for good, the last it? half an hour. It does look good. Go so on, go and talk me through. Because yeah. it doesn't just. If I'm really honest, people, at the moment I can see it's phyllo pastry, all right. But it it, um, it looks it looks like a flower. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it's got that sort of slightly ruffledy yeah, finish to it. You know, you could wear it as a brooch. <laughs> it's got that sort of thing about it. You yeah. could. Go so on. this is one of my favourite things to do with spinach, and it's really good for lunch with friends or if you're having people over. It's a spanakopita. So it's a Greek pie made with phyllo pastry, loads and loads of spinach cooked down, and there's lots of different ways of making it, but this one's got onion in it, feta cheese, pine nuts, a bit of lemon zest. So it's packed with flavour, but the bulk of it is the spinach. And you can make it with chard as well. I've I've made this many times with chard, and it's equally as delicious. Really nice with a simple salad in the summer. It's just lovely and a really nice mixture of textures as well with the crispy phyllo pastry on the outside and the soft spinach and cheese inside. You're doing it again. It's really good <laughs> and I think you're going to like it. So Go on, go on. You, you, sort of, you get stuck in. I'm just, I'm watching. You wait for the crunch. Yeah, go on. Did you hear that, people? <laughs> hey, it wasn't my leg. It was, honestly. It was just... That's incredible. What is it, that connection? Humans and good, food and... But it's... I don't know, it's not... See, to me, if I had grown the spinach and then managed to create something like this, I would I would feel proud of myself. This is so easy to make as well. Yeah, really. Oh, man. All right, tuck in. Let me know what you think. Yeah. And so would you have this hot or gold or either? either. I mean, either, it's really yeah. nice at room temperature. Um, I think it's probably best at room temp, actually, but you can take a slice for lunch the next day, you know, take it in a lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Mm. The flavours that sort of come through are really, really good, good, aren't they? I think what we're yeah. hopefully showcasing as well with these episodes is that veg can really be the star of the show. Yeah, I think, yeah, and, you're right. you know, we often put meat in the middle of the table for a special occasion... But something like that is such a showstopper. I wouldn't miss the meat at all. I mean, I'm a meat eater and I love meat, but... And interestingly, though, I, I don't really... I don't call myself a vegetarian, but I don't really eat a lot of meat. Mm. And I think with me, I've, it's more been an environmental sort of thing. And, I, and it's nothing yeah. that's happened. It's just, I've just backed off it over, mm. over the years, you know. And, but at home... I think the boy, the boy's a bit like me, you know. Number two's a bit like me, but but the rest are all. But sometimes convincing them, you know, that so I will cook an awful lot of dishes, and and they'll look and they're they're not quite sure, and mm. and they're saying what you're saying, yeah, yeah, but we're, we're, are we That's having chicken sausages. with it? Are we having something with it? And it's interesting, isn't it, as humans, how we, I suppose, a lot of us have been brought up with that mm. idea of of meat to veg potatoes yeah. and veggies ultimately 
the add-on to yeah. the main, you know, it's mm. it's the sort of, it's the sideshow. And consequently, it's never been given the love it deserves, yeah. really, in, you know, classic kind of British cooking. It is always yeah. And when we describe, you know, I mean, what do they think? Do they say something like you should have 30 different colour vegetables yeah, so in a week is, or something? Yeah, this is the new thing. It's, you know, don't think so much about eating five a day, yeah. but it's the variety throughout yeah. the week. And that's really really good for your gut you know to yeah. to try and have a really diverse diet when it comes to fruit vegetables yeah, seeds yeah, yeah. nuts spices all of those things they're all so important to health and when you when it tastes as good as oh, this man. as well i mean it's just a win-win isn't it <laughs> that is definitely a win-win so yeah so let's hear a summary on you know on spinach easy to grow put it in the border a container you know sow yourself some in the garden keep it keep it watered don't let it dry out harvest the leaves in lots of different ways if you're growing chard don't throw those stems <laughs> away make sure you cook it all and then just have a look at the other leaves see what you can get out of the season I think that's about the message isn't it that's it yeah I'd say so that is incredible so do you think there's enough of that that I can take home please take it home for lunch tomorrow thank you Thank you for listening to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast with me, Adam Frost, and of course, Cassie Best. For more information on the recipes we've discussed today, go to bbcgoodfood.com. <laughs>